Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Think Tank podcast. My name's Maria Van Vuglis from The Conscious CEO. I chat with various experts who are making an impact in the universe on topics such as business systems, personal branding, pitching, lead generation, revenue and profit, mindset, public speaking, and even team culture in the world of business. So welcome to this episode. episode I'll be talking to Carmel Catanuto, the owner of Carmel Catanuto Psychotherapy who is a gestalt therapist, counsellor and art therapist. Carmel guides hard sick career women who can't see a way out to heal their relationship with themselves and their life partner. She also helps them to feel confident and secure and improves their communication within relationships and helping them rediscover creativity and aliveness. In this episode, we will be discussing healthy relationships for busy people. And there isn't any better episode than this, so let's get straight into it. Hi, Marie. Thank you very much. So tell me, um, tell us a little bit more about yourself, um, if I haven't already covered it. Thanks, Maria. Yeah, um, I guess... You know, my history of relationships wasn't so great and I kept getting into dysfunctional relationships and I really was longing for intimacy and connection. So, and I really thought that something was wrong with myself and I felt unworthy of love. And um, yeah, I was really tired of struggling. So I set about on a mission to study counselling and work as a counsellor just to better understand myself and you know, why I was getting into the unhealthy relationships. And it really opened up my world. I just thought, wow, this is amazing. And um, yeah, so my own experience of having counselling, I thought, yeah, I, I want to do that too for, for someone else. So yeah, I guess my goal as a therapist is to help others pull themselves up from despair and strengthen their own sense of self-worth. Yeah, really passionate about working with people. Lovely. And I'm sure that you've met uh, many different kinds of people from different walks of life in regards to this specific topic. Yeah, totally. And it's, um, I really love that heart connection and that aha moment when I'm with them, where the truth is just in the room and um, just being with them is enough. Yeah. Beautiful. So um, tell me, Carmel, what are the uh, key elements that make up a healthy relationship? Yeah, such a good question, that. Um, yeah, look, you know, it's, it, there, there's many and it's different for a lot of people. But I, I feel that being open and honest um, and, and sharing, and it's about sharing what's going on on the inside for yourself. Um, and you really need to set up a, 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 you know, a sense of trust in that because if you're going to share parts of yourself on the inside, there needs to be um, trust, um, you know, a little bit of humour in there, um, regular contact with each other, um, allowing the space and the freedom to express what needs to be expressed. But there's also like boundary setting and, um, you know, sharing your feelings as well. These are some aspects which are really important and, and are good elements for a healthy relationship. 
And can you can you tell me how does one create a space where they feel comfortable and safe to express themselves with their emotions and be vulnerable in front of someone else, whether that be in a relationship but also in a working environment, let's say? Yeah, and this is individual for people. You know, I trust isn't something that is automatic. It builds over time. And I think it's very healthy for people to really check those posts, you know, um, and take small steps in moving towards someone. And knowing your limitations, you know, I think um, a work situation and an um, intimate relationship is different and there'll be different levels of sharing what's on your mind and, and sharing feelings. But there is a structure to sharing feelings. And when that structure is followed, it takes away um, blame or criticism um, and really allows the hearer, the person that's listening, to understand what's going on on the inside for that person who wants to share their feelings. And really vulnerability is strength. You know, I, I know from my own experience, and maybe you have too, Maria, when, you, when you've been vulnerable, it's actually different to what you thought it would be. And sometimes it allows others to open as well. And you may touch another as well, which is really powerful. It's a true gift to, to be. And I, to me, that, that's, that's quite powerful when you touch another through your own sharing of feelings and vulnerability. Mm -mm. I, uh, I always say to be vulnerable, it takes a lot of courage to do so because um, a lot of people tend to hold back because they're afraid of what others might think or judgment or how they are going to articulate that and so forth. So I think uh, for me, it is having that safe space for a person to just be who they are in that moment. Yeah. Absolutely. And safety is key. You've got to have a real sense of safety within yourself to take that risk in, can I open myself up here and share what's really going on? Yeah. And um, I've seen this quite a lot in um, the corporate space where a manager manages a team, but also um, has to have a uh, characteristic of um, compassion and empathy to be able to allow space for their team members to share their feelings and how they, they're, uh, they're doing. Do you have anything to add to that at all? Yeah, I think um, being clear about what the behaviour is, that's, that's part of the structure of sharing feelings. And it's a real no-no and a no-go zone in character attacking. Sometimes the, there's, a, there's a, a mixture of a character attack and behaviour and that gets very confusing for the person that's listening in trying to understand what needs to change. Um, character attacks don't support change. It actually works against change and is almost um, a sense of, I don't know if you've heard of non-violent communication, it is almost a sense of, it's, um, it, it, it is abusive. So stay away from the person's character and just name the behaviour, which is factual. Fantastic. That's yeah. great. Yeah. 
So can you tell me where do people um, commonly fall short in maintaining a healthy relationship or healthy relationships? Mm. I think it's around communication breakdown. Um, that's where I seem to, yeah, I mean, you know, where, where communication is, um, it's not clear. And um, seeing the relationship as, um, you know, it's like a garden. It needs nurturing. So it needs time and attention. Um, the, the beautiful John Bradshaw, who's no longer with us, um, he said that love is what you spend time doing or with and attention. Just mm. those two things. So if you're working a lot, um, you're spending time and attention working a lot. Um, so that's what you're loving, um, you know, and especially kids, you know, when they get a lot of time and attention, they interpret that as love. So, um, yeah, so being in a relationship requires, it's not work. It's about having, you know, time and attention mm. towards the relationship. Yeah. Um, and I think also being assertive in relationship is important. So, you know, it's about asking for what you want in the relationship and being clear with that um, sometimes there's an expectation that the other person will know what you want um, so it's a, that which comes down to communication um, and also knowing what you need and needs are a funny thing they get confused with wants um, mm -hmm. so you know it's really diving deep within yourself you know what is it that i actually need here and that's such a good inquiry to have constantly. You know, when you're going out and getting a coffee or getting lunch or meeting someone, what is it that I need? It's such a good mantra to have. Um, and, you know, it may be that your partner may not meet the need. So it's really empowering to meet your own need. If there's a, a yearning that you have, taking charge in meeting that need. You know, if it's, if it's connection with someone and your partner's not available, then it could be a, a, a trusted friend that you can go to and that meets the need. You have a sense of empowerment and you choose then. Um, okay, so I this might go into the next question I want to ask in terms of boundaries where people, um, some people would put themselves first and uh, neglect what they actually need uh, and want. So um, how does one determine the difference between um, putting forward what they need themselves rather than putting forward the needs of others? Mm. Yeah, that's really tricky, isn't it? Yeah, it's like the person leaves themselves and then goes into the other person and so therefore it's like a self-abandonment actually. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I think I think it's I think this is a practice, Maria, and and with with practice and when you're doing things and creating habits, you 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 learn to you can do this. You know, it's about constantly staying with your felt sense in your body. So it's um, and we all have them all the time, whether we're aware of it or not. So it's being grounded and you know noticing when there's a flutter in the belly it's like yeah i'm really nervous talking to this person so this helps you to stay with yourself 
and then you can start the talk and the dialogue of what is it that I need here? Um, maybe I need to end this conversation and sit under a tree and relax for a little bit because I have a big exam or a big meeting coming up and I'm not present with this person. Mm. Or I could perhaps share what's about to come when I have a big board meeting in the afternoon if this person is trusted. Um, but you can only do that when you stay with yourself and it's a practice. So it's like doing a body scan when you're with people or when you're in situations, when you're about to give a big speech, for example, um, you know, noticing what your thoughts, what's happening in your thoughts, they're racing. Um, and then that turns into a beautiful inquiry is what do I need? Oh, maybe I need a glass of water or I need to prepare my notes or, um, you know, it's, then you can start answering the inquiry and the questions. I would say it's a practice. Um, if you're not used to doing it, just noticing when you leave yourself and then bringing it and, and then maybe gently saying to yourself, okay, let's just come back to my body here. And the, the, the one good thing to know when you're back in your body is the breath. And the breath is always on hand at every, any given time, bringing awareness to your breath. So essentially it's about bringing yourself back into the present and getting connected with self. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's so good. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the breath always brings you back into the present moment. And I really, I, I use that in therapy all the time, Maria. Um, I invite my clients to come back into the present moment and I do it myself in connecting with my breath. And there we can discover what's going on in the present moment because that's what's happening in mm. the now rather than in the past or the future. So I guess the anxiety of giving a big speech in the afternoon is about an anxiousness and you've actually left yourself because you're, you're in the future. So it's yeah. coming back into the present moment constantly, yeah. So, so tell me then, um, what, is, what are boundaries, first of all? Because we hear this all the time, set boundaries, uh, make sure you enforce your boundaries. So tell me, what are boundaries and how does a person establish and maintain healthy boundaries? Yeah, it's such a, it's such a big one, boundaries. Um, what are they? Well, boundaries are limits and they're limits that we set for ourselves within relationships. Um, and they're both personally and professionally, um, but boundaries, they're, they're, they're different. Um, and it's, it is really important to have clear and healthy boundaries. And we only know boundaries for our caregivers. So when you think of a child, when a baby is born, they have no boundaries. They're boundaryless. And they, as they grow, they learn boundaries as they grow up. So... Um, we're not born with boundaries. So it's something that we can learn. And even if, you know, um, you've had different experiences of types of boundaries, you can still learn them as an adult. It's not like it's not available to you. And there are actually um, two types of boundaries. So we have our physical boundaries. So if someone sits next to you on a bus um, and there's an adequate space between you, you'll feel comfort. But if someone moves over towards you slightly, 
there might be a body sensation where there's a sense of discomfort. And this is where your body is informing you that mm, that person might be too close. Mm. And then there's the opportunity to speak up about that, to, to share what's going on for you. Yeah. So boundaries let us know that a particular behaviour is not acceptable to you. But it might be acceptable to another person because mm -hmm. we, we each have a different um, uh, experience of boundaries. Not all boundaries are the same for everybody. And um, boundaries are about self-care. So mm. when someone encroaches on your boundary, there's an unsettling or a triggering or an upset so it's your job to put in the boundary and to self-care. You've got to do an activity to self-care. And it could even be as simple as taking a breath, leaving a conversation, making a cup of tea, going out into nature, um, just to be with yourself. And then that allows the other person to be with their feelings when that boundary is in place. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that too has a structure as well. Boundaries have a a structure in how we we do it and again it's about naming the behavior and not the character attack mm. on a person mm -hmm. sharing what's going on for you and then saying what you're going to do you know it could be that um yeah this conversation is uncomfortable for me so i'm going to leave this conversation and i'll come back in two hours time and I'm just going to go and get make, make, make myself a cup of tea because I'm feeling upset. So that's as simple as putting in a boundary. Mm. And then you're letting the person know what you're going to do. You're actually just, you're not cutting them off. And you're actually being transparent in your communication in what you're going to do. Some people think that boundaries are like a cut off. Or they think that person's not going to like me or... Um, um, they're going to be upset with me or I'm going to hurt them. There's a lot of things around boundaries there. Yeah, the key thing that I, um, I took from that was setting boundaries but um, and uh, communicating and articulating those boundaries to whoever you're actually interacting with so as that they get enforced with yourself and with others. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, it is. And really uh, as well you've got to let go of the outcome maria boundaries are not about changing someone mm. boundaries are if you if you're consistent with putting in a boundary with a particular behavior that's ongoing what happens is the person might do it again and again and again but what happens is the consistency helps the other person see like, oh, you know, I really care about this person and this behaviour that I'm doing is upsetting them. Maybe I should change it. And it gives them the choice whether they want to change it or not. And, and if they don't, then another boundary can be set. Mm. And if they do, and then there's an opportunity for connection and communication. Fantastic. Yeah. So what are some key tips um, when someone falls short with negative thinking? Um, 
when they're communicating or maybe in a relationship and they're wanting to communicate something, um, what are some key tips around that? Yeah. So um, our thoughts, uh, I guess it's around thoughts and what we're thinking. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mentioned earlier that um, our thoughts actually generate a feeling in our body. So, um, and our thoughts can lead to a belief system that might be running the show underneath. So, you know, um, if we, if there's, you know, with, with, shorts, with, with thoughts generating a feeling in the body. So if we're constantly thinking negatively and saying over and over, I can't do this, I'm not worthy of love, your body's going to feel something whether you're aware of it or not. So I think that's why guided visualisations and meditations are so very powerful because you're listening to the words, you're having a thought about it and it's having an impact on your body. So if there's a meditation on gratitude, you'll go away, you'll have a thought about it and you'll go away feeling good because it's generated a feeling in your body. Yeah. So it's, it's really being in tune with what the self-talk is, is doing and what you're saying. And this is a process again, you know, it's not like you've got to get this and master it. I, I think it's life journey actually, Maria. So it's, it's about catching it and noticing it. And then those gaps get shorter and shorter. And then you have this beautiful practice where you have a lovely relationship with yourself because you're inquiring. You're not belittling yourself. You're not, um, um, yeah, putting yourself down. You have this, it, it, it develops the nurturing part of you and when you do that to yourself, you do that to others. So then people want to be near you. They want to be in relationship with you because it's like, yeah, you know, Maria's great to be with, you know, when I'm feeling down, um, she's really caring and empathetic because you're, because, you, because you're doing that to yourself. So it creates a really good relationship with yourself first and foremost. Then you'll have great relationship with others. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So number one relationship is with yourself. Yeah, totally. And everyone will be attracted to that. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. You'll be a, you'll be a, a magnet for attraction going, hey, I'm going to hang out with you. And then you'll have to set boundaries and go, oh, my gosh, there's so many people in my life. I've got to set boundaries in here. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so talking about um, self-care, we mentioned that earlier. How does mm. a healthy lifestyle become a non-negotiable in a self-care ritual then? Mm. Yeah, I think um, when, you start when you start sharing how you feel and putting in boundaries, I think there's a, an automaticness in you start valuing yourself. And when you start naturally doing that, your self-esteem increases. So it becomes embodied that, yes, I, I set healthy boundaries and yes, I share what I feel and I express my needs. So that self-care is ongoing. And, and therefore, you make, you'll make different choices. You know, you'll make choices where, you know, I'm feeling really tired, I might not go out tonight. So... Here you're expressing your feeling 
there you're putting in a boundary and then you're valuing yourself. So all these three things kind of happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think it's about, and sometimes these get thrown, you know, life throws in curveballs as we know, and it's not about stopping what life gives us. It's about our resilience in, you know, how do we, how do we look at this or how do we care for ourselves when life events happen? And especially serious ones too, like a death in a family. And so it's about knowing um, what it is that you need. So it could be, you know, maybe I need more exercise in my life or I need to take care of what I'm putting into my body or I need more sleep. Um, all of those things support self-esteem. And I think that leads to valuing yourself. You know, you know maybe I need to connect with people because I'm feeling a bit down because um, something's happened to me. Something at work has happened and I'm uncomfortable about it. So there's that resilience in reaching out. And when you learn how to share your feelings and put in boundaries, I think it helps with self-esteem. So, um, yeah, you automatically start doing that. I guess it's like, you know, um, to use the analogy of, of a car, you know, you're, you, you've got you've to um, have it serviced regularly to keep it running, to keep it going. Or nurturing the garden you've got to fertilise it every now and then, you've got to water it. And all these things like sharing what you're feeling and putting in boundaries are part of the watering of the garden. Beautiful. I love how that's just come full circle with what we'd spoken about earlier in terms of, you know, valuing yourself, which, you know, empowers someone to think positively and feels confidently to share their, their feelings with someone else in order to know that, they're number one and the relationship that they have with themselves is always number one. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> so um, just to finish off, can you um, share with me uh, what resources can you provide the listeners so they can actually implement um, some of the uh, concepts and um, uh, ideas that you've just spoken about? Yeah, so I, I'd love to, to share a, a fact sheet on what healthy relationships are. So it's just key points. And, of course, it's different for, for people. They might want to add some things or take some things out. But um, just really a simple one-pager on what healthy relationships are. And I've also got a structured exercise in how to share your feelings and some examples as well. And really, if you follow the one, two, three of doing that, you'll get better at it um, and it will become natural for you. And then just notice how uh, you improve, first of all, with a relationship with yourself and then others. And there's also a structured worksheet on how to share boundaries as well with examples. Um, Really give that a go as well. Yeah. Lovely. And I I trust people would get so much value out of that. How can, um, if, if anyone has any questions, how can someone uh, reach out and get in contact with you? Yeah, so um, they can uh, visit my website. Uh, so my website is carmelcatanuto-psychotherapy.com.au and all oh, there's the, the information is there and there's a, a few added resources and my email is there as well, as well as my phone number. 
Thank you so much for tuning in and I trust that this episode has been helpful for you in business. My name's Maria Van Vuglis from The Conscious CEO. Till next time, bye for now.